Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome to a brand new week and episode 226 of the Sports Jack podcast. Oh, you mean the Justin Verlander episode? Oh, I know him. He's hurt. Yes. Yes, he is. But he is Kate Upton's husband, so. He's got that going for him. <laughs> the bad news is you can't play baseball. The good news is you get to sit home with your wife for a while. Yeah. Enjoy. So there you have it. Uh, former Detroit Tigers ace, now with the Houston Astros. He has collected 226 career wins thus far. He's Justin Verlander. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents... Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! You know, I have grown up in the same location as Kate Upton. My life did not turn out the same as hers. Mm. Why do you think that is? Hindsight, I don't know. It could be my looks. And hers? And hers. Mm. There's a drastic difference. Had she gone with the beard, maybe she would have suffered the same fate. Throw on a couple Star Wars shirts. Maybe not. I don't know. A couple hoodies. Have you considered shaving the beard so you can look closer to Kate up? I'm thinking about it. Okay. I'm in talks. <laughs> 
Well, here we go. It has been a wild and wacky weekend, and I can't even show you, like, uh, highlights from a wild and wacky weekend. It wasn't that kind of wild and wacky weekend. Well, there was some of that, too, but, oh, my goodness. Do you think it's a failure in miscommunication? Is that what's happening? Well, there's all kinds of stuff happening, but, Corey, once again... I would say follow the money. Follow the money. Follow the money. So let's start in college football where, oh, golly gee, on Friday, everything just looked so nice and rosy and pink and everything. The SEC had come out with its new schedule, adding teams and setting dates for games, and we're all getting excited. Everybody came out with their new schedules last week. Big Ten. ACC, SEC, now we know when we're going to be watching football. And then Saturday morning, the Mid-America Conference presidents met, and they said, um, we're not playing football this fall. And here's the problem. They couched it under the guise of, we're not playing football this fall because we don't feel like it's safe for the players. You want to know the real reason the Mid-American Conference isn't playing football this fall? Let's hear it. It's because the Mid-American Conference relies on the buyout games from Power 5 teams to make athletic budgets. So teams like Ball State and Western Michigan, Bowling Green, Ohio U, they always play a couple of these Power 5 schools for their non-conference games with the great likelihood that they're going to lose, but for every one of those they play, they get about a million and a quarter dollars for the athletic budget. And two and a half million dollars in a MAC athletic budget goes a long way. It helps the baseball team be able to play. It helps the softball team be able to play. It makes up for the lack of revenue that there is for being a MAC team. So when the MAC came out and said this, I quickly looked to see how many MAC Power 5 games were still left after all the conferences said, well, we're not playing a non-conference game. Some are. There were only five of those MAC versus Power 5 games left, one of them being Western Michigan Notre Dame. Five games like that is not enough to help the MAC. So the MAC shut it down until the spring, hoping then, hoping then that if football happens in the spring, they can readjust, get some of these Power 5 games back on the schedule, and everything will be just fine. The problem is when the MAC did that, under the guise of player safety, if you are a player in a Power 5 conference that feels unsafe, you now have something to base it on. You can point at the MAC and say, well, they stopped. Why are we still playing? So that put the Big Ten presidents into a panic, and they started looking around. The other thing that you have to be aware of as all of this swirls around college football, and now all five of the Power Five conferences are considering not playing this fall. As you look around college football, the other problem that is out there right now is what is known as NIL, 
name image likeness. It's a piece of legislation that passed through the NCAA back in April. And it is going to allow players to make money off their name, image, and likeness. The problem for college athletes trying to do that, unlike the NFL, unlike Major League Baseball, there's a lot of money to be made in the video game industry. A lot of money to be made in the video game industry. And for years, we have not had an NCAA college football game because players could not be properly compensated for their name, image, and likeness. Well, now, everybody's... If if you're playing a video game with Notre Dame and Clemson, every one of those Notre Dame players is going to want to be compensated for their name, image, and likeness. Every one of those Clemson players is going to want to be compensated. The best way to achieve fair compensation for that is through a union. That's what the NFL has going for it, the NBA, Major League Baseball, etc. They all have a union behind them to bargain those things out. College sports so far has not had that. Hmm. And there are a lot of there are a lot of hurdles that come with this NIL legislation and it's not in yet. The players want it now. Today's players obviously want it now because this is not supposed to be incorporated until 2023. That doesn't do Ian Book any good. That doesn't do Trevor Lawrence any good. That doesn't do any current player really any good unless they're a freshman. So the current players want this accelerated. So they're pushing for that. So again, I say follow the money. Money is at the root of some of the players' demands. Yes, they want to be safe through coronavirus testing and all that. But a lot of the measures the teams have put in have made them safe. Notre Dame has had no positive tests for coronavirus so far. Uh, there have been very few at other institutions. Clemson had an outbreak early on. It's quieted down. The players are getting good, safe medical testing where they are right now. If they're not allowed to play and they go back home for online instruction and they get the coronavirus at home, they're not going to have the same kind of medical treatment they have now. Now, there's also the problem at places like Notre Dame, at Purdue, where the full student population is expected to come in. At Notre Dame, it just arrived. At Purdue, it arrives this weekend. They were at Walmart yesterday. I said hi to them. Yes. <laughs> so there are, there are all these problems going on with that right now. Will there be a spike when that population comes in? Hard to say unless protective measures are taken. So, yes, there's a pandemic, and that's a part of it. But there's also this money part of it that the colleges are worried about and haven't solved yet. So whenever any Big Ten president, whenever any commissioner of a Power Five conference comes out, and tells you that this is all about the pandemic, don't believe them. A lot of this has to do with money. Can I go back to that name and likeness real quick? Yes. I always wondered uh, what would become of, you know, when a star emerges from Notre Dame and 
their jersey becomes hot commodity. I always kind of wondered, like, do they get a little taste of that? The better you do, every kid in town wants that jersey. Or there was a player somewhere five to ten years at least ago, and I remember the hat. Mm-hmm. And there was a hat circling around town that had his... Josh Adams. Yes. What the was 30, the, the trucking, 33 trucking. Yeah. And it's like, is that a Notre Dame hat or is that a uh, off-market somebody had Notre Dame supported it. Notre Dame licensed it. Josh Adams got nothing from it. Mm. That's what the college athletes are saying. Wait a minute. You built this all around me and I get nothing. And people will come back and say, "Well, you got a you got a scholarship." Yeah. We're 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 paying you to come to school here. Or we're paying for your education. Mhm. And that's true. But when you look at the money generated yeah. from those kind of sales, from nerding football in general, I can understand where the players are coming from. Now, as we talked about recently when we talked about the demands being made by the Pac-12 schools, the problem is even with all this money coming in, the price of running non-revenue sports is so high that it gobbles up a lot of athletic budgets. Now, is there room for savings within athletic budgets? Yeah, there's a lot of middle management. There's a lot of waste. You could reduce some salaries and save some money there. Hmm. there there's no question about that. Um, but the fact of the matter is a lot of these athletic departments aren't making money even with all these contracts. And now if you take a football season out, I think you would see a vast reformation of how college athletics is done. So that sets the table. You have the MAC decision. You've got the Big Ten president's meeting. Last night, the Power Five commissioners all collaborated. And then late last night, there was a, a Zoom meeting of about a dozen college football players from five different conferences. One of them uh, being Trevor Lawrence, who helped with this, and he is the quarterback at Clemson and probably the most recognizable face in college football right now. And around midnight last night, they put out a a graphic uh, that had the logos of the ACC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the SEC, and the Big 12 at the top with the hashtags we are united and hashtag we want to play. And I'll read their statement verbatim. We all want to play football this season. Establish universal mandated health and safety procedures and protocols to protect college athletes against COVID-19 among all conferences throughout the NCAA. Give players the opportunity to opt out and respect their decision. Guarantee eligibility whether a player chooses to play the season or not. Use our voices to establish open communication and trust between players and officials. Ultimately, create a college football players association. Representative, and it's signed by the representatives of the players of all Power Five conferences. And these players talk, I mean, God bless them. They have figured out social media and they have figured out technology and they were able to cobble this together in about nine hours yesterday, starting from about ground zero. 
There was a running back at Clemson who reached out to one of the We Are United players out in the Pac-12, said, how did you come about this? You know, Because he says, right now, people are pitting the, the players making demands on colleges against players who just come out and say, we want to play. And they wanted to end that little, what looked like an internal squabble and show a united front, and I think this does it. So basically, the college football players are saying, we want to play. Yes, we want testing and protocols to keep us against COVID. At no point do they say, hey, once there's a positive COVID test, we're out. Yeah, I think there's an understanding among the players that there's a chance of getting COVID on the football field. But the players have also come out and say, there's a chance of getting COVID just walking around on campus. Yep. There, There's as much of a chance of getting COVID. In their minds, there's as much of a chance of getting COVID if they don't play as if they do. Now, obviously, we haven't had any football games since this broke out. So we really don't have any data point to go from on this. And... There will be factions on both sides of the COVID argument who will try to make their points. Ultimately, what we're going to learn this week, and maybe in the next couple of days, is how much of a voice the players actually have in this. Because it seems like the college presidents have their minds made up. They want to shut it down right now. The players have spoken up. The question is, where are the coaches in this? Because the coaches are really caught in the middle. They have the relationship with the players, but they are employees of these institutions. So as a coach, you know, let's say you're Tom Allen at Indiana and your college president comes out and says, we want to shut down football. If you're Tom Allen, do you side with your players who say we want to play? Or do you side with the guy that signs your check that says no? And that's where we are on this Monday morning with regards to college football. By the way, if it were to get canceled, Mm -hmm. are they considering a spring launch? Okay. But here's the problem if you play in the spring, and I think we've discussed this before. Let's say... You even start a season in uh, late February, which might be kind of early to start it because of the weather around here. But let's say you start games at the end of February. You go through March and April, and even if you play a 10-game season then, okay, you're probably finishing up the college football playoff right around Memorial Day. Then you got to turn around and get ready for the next fall. So you're going to have these kids play 10, 11, 12, 13 games in the spring, take about two months off, and then turn around and play another 13 games in the fall. You're going to play 26 college football games in in 35 weeks. You know, you talk about um, taking a risk with players. That's never been done before either. The other question would be with the NFL draft coming up in 
Well, it's scheduled for April. Obviously, they could push it back to June. They did so this year. How many of the top, top players will actually play a spring season and put themselves at risk of injury going into the NFL draft? So, a lot of questions. I don't necessarily have answers. The one answer I continue to tell you is follow the money. Hmm. Can we jump into high school? We can because that's been wild too. Uh, I I know where PHM is, and we'll talk about that in a second. One of the bigger schools here locally. But did Elkhart change anything from Friday? Yes. They, oh, <laughs> oh, they yeah. did. Yeah, Elkhart okay. changed a lot on Friday. When we last joined you on the Yak, the Elkhart County Health Department was recommending no in-person schooling until September 28th. And they wanted the season delayed that long as well. Well, athletic directors put out releases to that effect before an official statement from the Elkhart County Health Department came out. And I am thoroughly convinced that that was... Now, nobody has admitted this to me. Nobody has told this is just a theory on my part. But I am thoroughly convinced that those releases were put out early in order to rattle the hornet's nest and kind of put out the warning sign, hey, this is what they want to do. So sure enough, Friday at noon, there's a protest of five to 600 people outside the Elkhart County Health Department many of whom are student athletes talking about how they want to play and how they want school. Here's how screwed up 2020 is, kids. You have kids protesting to go to school. When was the last time your kid protested saying, no, I want to go to school? (laughs) But that's what happened. And so late in the afternoon... On Friday, the Elkhart County Health Department came out with a statement saying, all right, schools can have in-person instruction, and we're going to delay competitions until Monday, August 24th, but teams can practice as long as they practice social distancing. Now, the outlier in that is girls' golf because it's a sport that has social distancing, so they can play. Everybody else in Elkhart County has to wait until August 24th for their first competition. But the good news is they can hold practices. They just can't do tackling of each other. I've seen these big, uh, large, for lack of a better term, donuts. They're, They're foam wheels, basically, that you roll out there and a player goes and tackles it to practice form tackling. So they'll be able to do things like that. They can run drills, but everything has to be social distance. So they'll lose the opening week of the season, August 21st. None of the seven Elkhart County football teams will play. The good news for them is they're not losing a huge chunk of their season. They're losing one game. So that was decided Friday. While that is unfolding, word comes out that... Penn Harris Madison schools are going to suspend. They had suspended the football season on Friday afternoon, and players had to turn in their gear. 
So as that story breaks, I'm trying to contact Penn officials. None ever, none responded on Friday. But as I am able to dig deeper through some sources and then get some more information, by Saturday morning, this is the picture that I had. Penn had one positive COVID test. It had happened on a, they found out about it on a Tuesday. They notified the football parents on a Thursday, but they didn't notify the superintendent until Friday. And that's where the problem lied. Because imagine yourself in a leadership position and the parents in your school district find something out before you do. So you can imagine the storm that followed. And the storm that followed said, okay, we've got to shut this down until we figure out what's going on here. So the problem at Penn had, in my mind, had less to do with one positive COVID test and more to do with, as Struther Martin would say, a failure to communicate uh, and basically a failure to follow the chain of command and authority. So once that situation got resolved, by yesterday, the word came out that Penn will resume practices on Tuesday. Now, why did that word come out on a Sunday? Well, you know, Penn parents were already protesting outside the school on Sunday and had planned to come in droves to the school board meeting on Monday. Well, nobody needed that. Dr. Thacker, the Penn superintendent, didn't need that. The Penn school board didn't need that. But there was more to this situation than just a positive COVID test. So that's where Penn stands. So Penn retakes the field Tuesday. To this point, most schools are playing football August 21st. Most schools in our Indiana viewing area are playing August 21st. And then the Elkhart County schools will join August 28th. But that's the story right now at 937 on Monday morning. And as we have said all along, it can change and it can change rapidly. Those first games in Elkhart County, Chuck, do those get forfeited or moved? They're just not played. Just not played. Okay. Now, the interesting thing about the schedule and the way it works out is that on August 21st, of the seven teams that play football in Elkhart County, six were playing each other. So Concord, Elkhart, those are two Elkhart County schools. Northwood, Jimtown, those are two Elkhart County schools. Fairfield, Goshen, two Elkhart County schools. The only one in the mix that was playing somebody else was Northridge. Now, Northridge was scheduled to play South Bend Adams. So Adams has to look for a partner. Well, they don't have to look far because, as we told you last week, South Bend Washington lost its dance partner for week one when Hammond banged the season. So I would imagine that sometime this week, maybe even today, you'll see an announcement, Adams will play Washington in opening week. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, so Adams and Washington in week one, everybody else in Elkhart County lays low. Now, for us at TV 46, we have to change because we had scheduled Elkhart and Concord as our opening game. So we have already been in talks, 
and it looks like we will do Bremen and LaVille in week one of the 2020 season. <laughs> Remember when you weren't doing sports at all? You know, it's it's feast or famine. I, I The feast is making me wish the famine was back a little bit because you hate to be the bearer of bad tidings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had to do that a lot in the last week or so. And as I said this morning on the Twitter page, strap in. It's going to be quite the week. Let me circle back to college football for a second, Corey, because there was one point that I wanted to make out of that. Okay. If college football postpones the season until the spring, watch for the NFL to jump in and grab every television window they can, and they will make every one of their games a national game. All those Saturday college football windows, 12 to 3.30, 3.30 to 7, 7 to 10.30, you'll see NFL games there. You might see an NFL game on a Friday night. So you'd have NFL Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. They will dominate the weekend landscape. I guarantee you, if college football bails on the season, the NFL is going to make sure that they grab every possible television window. And that'll be the only way you can see those games, right? Because is everybody fan-free or just... Uh... Some teams are, some teams aren't. Yeah, it's kind of wishy-washy. Isn't it? Right. Okay. But by doing that, if you make every game a national game, then you don't have to let fans in. It, gi- it gives them, okay, well, if there's no... If there's no blackout rules, if every game is a national game, then... Oh, wouldn't that be the worst? <laughs> a, you can't go to the game, and your game's blacked out on TV. Right, but that won't be the case. No. You'll you'll have... Now, unfortunately, in Major League Baseball, it is the case. Why Major League Baseball still has the blackout rules it has is beyond me. But... And I suppose we can just jump into Major League Baseball here. Great idea. Cubs had the weekend off, thanks to the Cardinals. Cardinals had more positive COVID tests over the weekend. They will not play their series with the Pirates this week. They will now have missed 13 straight games. So I don't know how you make those all up other than playing doubleheaders every day. And and are the other teams going to be okay with that? Well, th- this is the thing that I wonder about. This, this is a decision... Rob Manfred has two big decisions this week. Number one, what to do with the Cardinals. Because the Marlins have come back, and they've come back with a vengeance. They've played very well since coming back, even with this ragtag team that they have. Um, I think they're something like 7-1 and one now for the season. So they've bounced back from the COVID. At this point, the Cardinals have now just sat for two weeks. They, they play intra-squad games with the players who are negative, um, but they have have not played anybody else now for two weeks. And I have to think that the other teams in Major League Baseball are sitting there saying, how is it that we all have been able to do it the right way and you didn't? Case in point, Cleveland over the weekend was in Chicago. They have a player named Zach Plesak. Zach Plesak broke team protocols, and went out on Saturday night, and his rear end was shipped back to Cleveland on Sunday. 
They weren't having any of that. And I say good for the Indians. Yeah. You know, yes, he's a young man. He's in his 20s. He's in Chicago. He wants to get go out. I get it. But here's the problem. You can't. You can't do that. And Cleveland shipped him home, and I say good for the tribe. Now, I mentioned Rob Manfred has two big decisions to make this week. The other one is what to do with Oakland and Houston. So over the weekend, Houston and Oakland, I would say they had a beanball war, but they didn't because Oakland didn't throw any pitches at the Houston hitters. There was not one Houston hitter that was hit by a pitch. Oakland had five players hit by Houston pitchers, and one guy was hit three times. And after the third time, it was kind of funny. He got hit with a slider the third time, 78 miles an hour, as opposed to a a 91 or 92-mile-an-hour fastball. It's still going to hurt. I mean, if I could throw 78, let me throw 78 at you and see if it hurts. It's going to hurt. So he takes the pitch in the back, and as he's walking down to first base, Ramon Laureano. Ramon Laureano got hit in the back with a slider. He's walking down to first base, and he's telling the pitcher, you need to snap that slider more if you're going to get break on it. You didn't snap it enough, and that's why it hit me. And he's making a motion with his wrist showing how you're supposed to snap it, and the catcher's getting in the way. He goes, no, no, he goes, I'm just trying to tell your pitcher you need to snap that more. So he gets down to first base. And now the the Astros hitting coach decides that he's going to get all chesty over in the dugout, and he comes past the top step of the dugout and takes the big wide base and, hey, you want to fight somebody? You can fight me. And So Ramon's had it, and he goes after the Astros hitting coach. Well, immediately the Houston players form a wall in front of the Astros hitting coach. So Ramon's not getting to him. And the Astros hitting coach, you know, wound up being a bystander. Oh, I didn't do anything on the backside. Meanwhile, the bench is clear. Well, we told you a few weeks ago, kids, on the yak, this is something you can't do in Major League Baseball this year. Remember the Cubs and the Brewers had a little um, verbal sparring match between each other, and they stopped in front of their own dugouts because they said, oh, we can't get suspended here. And this was day two of the season that they were going at each other. Mm -hmm. Well, now here we are a couple weeks in, and the bench is clear. And so, obviously, social distancing right out the door. And now Manfred's got to figure out, okay, who do I suspend and for how long? Now, I'm sure the Astros are frustrated because the A's are red hot right now. They've won nine in a row, and they're in the same division as Houston. And Houston, here's a little difference, Houston. It's a little tougher to hit pitches when you don't know what's coming, isn't it? George Springer's batting less than 200 because he doesn't have somebody banging the trash can. (laughs) So that's going on. Uh, White Sox had some problems with Cleveland over the weekend. They lost 5-4 last night. Tribe took two out of three. So the White Sox have fallen to fourth place in the AL Central. Tigers had a good weekend because they were playing the Pirates, and the Pirates are awful. And so the Tigers swept the Pirates in Pittsburgh. Good weekend for Ron Gardenhire's team. Who are the Cubs supposed to play this week? They were supposed to play the Cardinals, 
Now they go to Cleveland, and they've got a couple with the Indians on Tuesday and Wednesday before coming back home to Chicago. Okay. You what want, else? You want, well, we got golf, and then we're done. What a story in golf yesterday. Colin Morikawa is a 23-year-old golfer who grew up in California, graduated from Cal, and they're playing the PGA Championship on this beautiful course at Harding Park in San Francisco. And Morikawa started the day, I believe, in fifth place. He gets to the 15th hole. He gets a chip-in birdie on the 15th, and now he's tied with Paul Casey for the lead. So he goes to 16, and all week long he has been telling himself, hold back, don't try to drive the green because you can get yourself in trouble. Don't try to drive the green. It's a 294-yard par 4. So it's it's drivable, but he's like, don't put yourself in a situation where you can get yourself in trouble because if you go left or right there at the green, you are in trouble. Well, all of a sudden he decides, on this day, I'm tied for the PGA Championship. I need to go for it. And he hits his tee shot within six feet of the hole taps it in for Eagle in only the second major tournament he's ever played, he wins his first major and a check for just under $2 million. Was it one of those big checks? Well, actually, the funny thing was, so he grabs what's called the Wanamaker Cup, which goes to the winner of the PGA Championship. Giant big silver trophy, right? Silver trophy, two big handles on it. And he holds it up for the photographers to get the requisite shot of him with the trophy. And the lid falls off the Wanamaker <laughs> Cup. <laughs> the lid! In a very 2020-esque moment. Bunch of candy fallout? If only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have the feeling that at the age of 23, his celebration will involve more than candy. <laughs> But congratulations to him. A lot of people touting him as a possible new star on the PGA Tour. He has only missed the cut once in his pro career, which has only been two years. But still, he's only missed the cut once. And his name one more time? Colin, with two L's, Morikawa. Of Asian descent, but grew up in California. You know what might be fun? A little fun game at the end of the Sports Yak today. How about a little fun game called Chuck Predicts? Oof. Chuck predicts, I want you to give me three sports predictions that we might talk about on Friday that may have happened this week. The Big Ten will bang college football for the spring. Big Ten will bang. I'm going to write that down. Okay. Anything locally, any high school football um, uh, shakeups or anything? Uh, high school football will continue on target towards an August 21st start date. Okay. That is a prediction. Something could go awry. One more. Um, I'm going to say Major League Baseball will issue some sort of edict towards the Cardinals and their remaining schedule. Something to the tune of, hey, you guys are you guys are done. I don't know that it's going to be you guys are done, but they may have to either truncate the schedule 
Okay. There's going to be something that comes out of that. Big Ten will bang. August 21st start date for high school football. Major League Baseball, something with the Cardinals. Yeah. Okay. I've been wrong before, so take these with a grain of salt. You're on Twitter, I've been hearing. Am I ever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> At 46 Sports. We also have a Facebook page for the WHB 46 Sports. And if you have political comments, keep them to yourselves. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Justin Verlander. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. The Sports Yak Podcast with Chuck Freebie and Corey Mann. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit the archives for previous coach and athlete interviews. Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.